Welcome to the Go Tech Please on Tie Podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And this week we have a bunch of basketball things to talk about, but I'm going to get through them as quickly as possible because it's baseball time. It's not. It, it will be in a couple of days, though. Thank you. Hell yeah, man. It's baseball Baseball's preview back. time. Thank you. <laughs> Baseball's back. It's really exciting. Oh, I never left. It's been a... Lockout can't stop college baseball. It's true. Cries internally. Yeah, pitchers and catchers were supposed to report today. Yeah, so let's go ahead and get started, especially because the one basketball game we have to recap this week was a good one. It was a tech victory. We went 1-0 this week. Wow. Yep, on the road. Good good, uh, good win. Yeah. Thursday night game at Charlotte in Charlotte, which only makes sense. Let's go ahead and jump into the 90-second recap for this game. Uh, it was a 7 to nothing run by the opponent to open the game this time as Charlotte grabs that early lead. Uh, that 49er lead would get up to eight points with 10 minutes left, but the Bulldogs stopped their bleeding and even took a one-point lead going into halftime. Tech spends the entire second half slowly but surely increasing their lead with a run here, a run there. Uh, with eight and a half left, Tech has a one-point lead again. Uh, but six straight points by Williams and a three by Keiston Willis make a 66-56 to game with the Dogs having their biggest lead of the night. Charlotte then answers with a run of their own, cu- cutting that deficit down to two, 66 to 64, with six and a half left in the game. But Tech answered that answer of a run with an answer of a run themselves. This one oh, a 70, yeah. 7 to 2 run to make it 73 to 66 with less than two minutes left. Don't worry, there's no more run answering runs because some clutch free throws and defensive stops by the Bulldogs allow Tech to walk away from this one with an 82 to 77 victory. Too close for comfort. Yeah. Full disclosure, I did not get to watch this game. I was uh, at a at a wedding in Alabama. Um, so I had the I had the score bug pulled up, you know, kind of watching it, and I got nervous when it got down to 66, 64 there towards the end of the game, but. Next time I look down at my phone, uh, I guess our run answering run or what, however the hell you said that, Nathan, <laughs> uh, <laughs> made me a little bit more comfortable. So, um, yeah, I'm interested to hear more about this game. I mean, I see I see our boy Junior did not have a double-double for once, so that's interesting. Yeah, um, did not get the rebounds needed. He did, however, have a three-pointer in this game. So I feel ooh. like that should count for a double-double. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah I, also I made four the... steals. That's pretty yeah, good. Four assists yes. as well. That's what I was about to say. I predicted he'd have a quadruple double kind of tongue in cheek, and he was a lot closer to getting that than I really thought he would be. <laughs> He's going to sex tuple double. Sex start running double. out of stats. <laughs> no, it's just where you have sex on the court. <laughs> oh, so we're going off the rails this early, huh? We have a lot of <laughs> shit to talk about. <laughs> no, it's okay. The rail. Let's get let's get this thing back on. Yeah, one note I wanted to talk about, and it's not even really my note. I'm taking this straight from Kane McGuire. Uh, He mentioned that the Bulldogs committed only five turnovers in this game, the fewest this season and the fewest since November of 2019. This game finished with a plus 12 turnover margin. That's really good. I know that's something (laughs) that we talked about a lot, or we kind of talk about the turnover and rebounding margins and something that we tweet out at halftime and then also after the game now as well. And then a close five-point victory. Yeah, that's a, a plus twelve there. turnover margin helps a lot. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, God, we must have. They must have shot really well from the field, then, huh, Charlotte? Yeah, it was fifty-four percent from the field. Oh wow, fifty-four point five percent from the field. Thirty, uh, thirty makes on fifty-five shots. Uh, Jameer Young, who I picked as my player to watch, had twenty-eight points in this game. 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's usually well enough to win, right? I mean, your best player puts up almost 30 points and you shoot 54% from the field. Yeah, you, you probably expect to win most games where you do that, but Tech was able to hold on to the basketball and make the most of their possessions, I guess. And I guess that kind of explains, too, the, the low rebounding numbers. Lofton only has five rebounds, but Charlotte wasn't missing a lot of shots, you know? So Well, they missed 25. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So what that, the that, fuck, Lofton? You you miss forty five percent of the shots you do take. <laughs> That's a damning statistic. Yeah. Well, Tech missed fifty five percent of the shots we took. So wow. Uh, one thing I want to ask you about, Nathan, and maybe won't know this, but um, I see here in the box score that Charlotte scored forty four points in the paint. That's wow. a lot. Uh, we scored twenty eight. Were they attacking Junior or were they? What were they doing to to score that well in the paint? They were passing the ball. And that's also why that turnover number is so high, because they are a team that love to just pass. The commentators kept calling it the Princeton, I think, style offense that they just they spread out, pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball in and out, in and out, running all around. And then they'll have someone that gets loose that's able to put up an easy layup because Ah. a coverage got blown somewhere. Ah, So they were just the the well-known Princeton offense. Yeah. It worked well, and Tech was able to stop it at times, but it's a very hard thing to defend when you don't play that style of offense very often. It's like playing an option team in one game out of the year. Mm. If you're not used to seeing it, it, it's a little hard to stop with one week to prepare for it. Yeah, so to the Tech team that played Army. That that would also yeah. explain their high shooting percentage, too, If since so many of their points are in the paint. you know, They, they must yeah. be taking more shots from right at the rim um also david green got called with a technical foul do you remember what that was for yeah he hit a three-pointer then ran by the bench of charlotte <laughs> and said something and got teed up <laughs> oh man I forgot about that one it, it was probably deserved those things are usually deserved he got chewed out by conco on the bench right afterwards too so uh yeah. i'm not really giving him the benefit of the doubt here Right. I can't find it right now, but I'm going to go ahead and say that he said uh, redacted to the coach. <laughs> I somehow doubt that that's what it was, but I don't have any It'd proof, be. so I can't. And meanwhile, the Bulldogs will, I guess, actually, do we have anything else we want to say about this 49ers game? Well, uh, they could have beaten the Rams if they applied a little bit more interior pressure. Or if they still had Trent Taylor. Had a better quarterback. Uh, no, not really. I don't, I'm not sure what uh, Charlotte's record is in uh, CUSA. What is it? They're 6-5 and five in Conference USA, yeah kind of middle of the pack yeah and not oh. really an easy split with home away either it's not like they've been dominating on their home court or anything either but We're kind of an outlier way out there in the carolinas not for long that, that's true uh but always good to win even better on the road against a divisional opponent uh we know that tech's been kind of streaky the last couple of weeks and some tough losses so good to get a dub Never going to complain yeah, about that. I, I mean, it's it's also good. I mean, we're five and one on the road in conference, which is this is not an easy conference. And shut the tank on, down. <laughs> I mean, that's the playing best up. road record in in Cusa right now. Yep, shut it down. Our new field is none. Yeah. So in terms of the computer polls, where everything stands right now, uh, Massey and Ken Palm Tech didn't move the needle at all after this result against Charlotte. Still one hundred fourth at Massey, ninety fourth in Ken Palm net uh those rankings that become less and less meaningful as the season goes on now uh we were 97th last week we are now 95th what now bitches yeah more importantly though is where we rank in the standings of conference usa west division uh evan you and i were talking last week about how it looks like we probably want to be the two seed in this tournament because the first two seeds of the west division 
get a first round buy or I guess a double buy. Really, it's a weird tournament. But the first seed will be on the same side of the bracket as the three seed. So for the two seed, that means North Texas and UAB would be on the opposite side of the bracket. We would only have to play one of them if everything goes right. In terms of that, Tech is still right now the third seed tied with UAB, but UAB has the head-to-head tiebreaker at 9-3 and three in conference, and North Texas is 11-1. and one. So this upcoming series against the two Texas schools and UTSA and UTEP, and then later down the road when we play UAB and North Texas again, those become very important games. So that brings us into this week's slate of games. Back at the tack against UTEP and UTSA. Uh, Evan, you want to give us the preliminary info about this UTEP matchup? Yeah, so Thursday night at 6 p.m., um, either at the tack or on ESPN+, Plus, um, we take on the number 179 in Ken Palm uh, UTEP Miners, who are 14-10 and 10 on the season. And, of course, this will be the second time we've played them. Uh, the first game was back on January 6th. Tech won that matchup 64 to 52 back in El Paso uh, early January. And uh, this time, though, UTEP's kind of gotten a lot better as the season's progressed. Since that game, they've gone 7-3, and three, and their losses have been to Charlotte, North Texas, and Marshall. Well, Marshall's terrible, and we just beat Charlotte on the road. So, But losing to North Texas is uh, kind of to be expected at this point, I think. Yeah. North Texas only has that one loss, so... That one loss was not UTEP, apparently. Yeah, last time, because th- we've played the Miners already this season, uh, when we traveled to El Paso, the same will be true when we talk about UTSA in a second. We've already played them on the road. Uh, but last time, we talked about how UTEP was good at free throws, avoiding offensive turnovers, and gathering defensive turnovers. And all of that is still true. In fact, the defensive turnover numbers, so how often they're able to get those turnovers on defense, has actually improved a little bit. But really, the reason why I think UTEP has gone 7-3 and three in these past 10 games since they last played Tech was because of their three-point ball. Uh, it was not even worth mentioning last time we talked, so I don't have that written down, and I can't look it up when it was when we played earlier. But they are now in the top 100 in college basketball from three-point range. Oh, wow. Anything else you remember about this game, Evan, last time? Um, remember it. I mean, it was a low scoring game, obviously 60, 64 to 52, but is this the game that was like one to nothing at the four minute timeout, I think, or the, the 16, the first media timeout. Yes, it was. Yeah. It was <laughs> kind of just a really ugly game from everybody involved. I think Yeah, this was the one where tech jumped out to a five, nothing lead. They scored that fifth point with less than 15 minutes left in the first half and then had a 23 to four run later that same half. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't expect this one to go the same way. Um, you know, Tech's offense has really been very efficient the last few weeks. I think my question mark is how efficient will our defense be? Because we've really started to fall off in terms of, you know, holding teams down our last few games. You know, we're not playing offensive powerhouses and they're still putting up 75, 80 points. So hopefully in this game, Tech's offense will continue to be able to match that or or obviously outpace it by at least one point right and i think a lot of the reason why we did as well as we did last time was because we were able to hold suli boom in check when we were on defense he only had eight points and six rebounds he was the guy i picked as the player to watch so they really proved me wrong but if he gets active in this game then this could be a much different game than it was a month and a half ago yeah wasn't there a guy on their team 
Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They scored 52 points. Jamal Bienemy had 28 of those points. <laughs> yeah. So uh, dibs on him for player to watch this time. Yeah. I mean, obviously try to hold him in check compared to what we did last time. I'm curious. Maybe we put Kobe on Sully Boom instead of Bienemy or or something there. But that's uh, that's pretty crazy that he was able to put up more than half of his team's points. Matt, do you have a player to watch this go around? I was going to go with Bienemy. Um, that's kind of the make or break guy right now. Yeah. Especially, especially if they're heating up in three point land. Yeah, usually we talk about their big, but the guy who's gotten the most minutes at the five is a guy whose name I don't even recognize. And we only played them six weeks ago. Titus Verhoven. What? Titus? I, Titus Verhoven. T Y D U S. Verhoven. Uh, so did he play in the last game? Yeah, he did. He played 19 minutes, scored oh. five points. Wow. What a personal fouls. So. I think Lofton just beat him up. <laughs> Four personal fa- fouls in 19 minutes. What a what yep. a guy. <laughs> Hopefully this will be a lot cleaner game from Tech, too. We had 19 turnovers out in El Paso. Oh. So, yeah, probably one Riff. of the worst performances of the season. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, think, uh, I think this seems like a good opportunity for Tech to return to form at home since we've kind of struggled at home lately. But what do the computer polls think, Nathan? Computer polls are pretty optimistic. Ken Palm gives Tech an 80% chance to win this game. Final score prediction of 75 to 65, so a 10-point victory for the Bulldogs. Massey, ever the pessimist, gives Tech a 70% chance to win, 73 to 67, so a 6-point victory for Tech. Do we think it's somewhere in that range, 6 points, 10 points? Do we think Tech somehow drops one to UTEP at home? Uh, Evan, you want to start us off with our predictions? Yeah, I think... I think Ken Palm's probably right. I, I would say 12 points um, just to mix it up. But yeah, I think I think Lofton's going to have a very good game. Um, last time Kobe Williams had a good game too, but I just, I don't see B enemy scoring as much. And I mean, Sully, Sully Boom will be better this time too, but I just don't think they have the scoring to keep up with us. And, you know, you said they've gone seven and three, or I said that, I guess, but They've gone seven and three, but their wins are against some of the bottom dwellers in the conference. And anytime they've played a decent program, they've they've lost in those last ten games. So yeah, I, I think we got this one. What do you think, Matt? I got Tech winning by uh, fifteen. I've got Lofton with uh, Player of the Week honors across all of NCAA with twenty points and twenty rebounds, twenty steals, and oh yeah, the and other the, twenty assists. Yes, and the sex tuple at uh, midcourt. Yes. Yeah. It's at home, so he's allowed to do it. Yes. Uh, I'm not as optimistic. I think Tech wins this game, but in the last six games, Tech has only won one of them by more than by 10 points or more, and that was against Rice. And yeah, UAB and North Texas are in that range, but I think this is like a five or six point game. I think it goes a lot like it did against Charlotte, where Tech shows that they're the better team, but they're just not able to put away the opponent until the very end. So yeah, I think Tech wins this one by, let's say, five. And then bring on the Roadrunners. And Saturday, this this coming Saturday, February 19th at 6 p.m. at the TAC or on ESPN Plus, UTSA comes to town. The Roadrunners are 8 and 18 on the season, ranked 325th wow. in Ken Palm. I always yeah, have to look that, up how many teams there are. It's like 359 or something like that. Yeah. It's, yeah, them, it's not them boys ain't good. Them boys ain't good. Uh however, last time uh do dang or whatever he had left their what? program to go pro in like i don't even remember where he he went pro I don't somewhere think he ever said where he said he was then, looking to go pro 
yeah, he was looking to go pro, and I guess he changed his mind after he looked for a second because he's back on the team now. Yeah, I don't know how that works, but all right. So, I mean, that could be a difference in this one, but even since he rejoined the team not too long after that tech game, I think it was like the next week, he just missed a couple games. UTSA has not exactly turned their season around. No, no. (laughs) They have won one game in conference, uh, and that was at home against FIU uh, January 27th. So every other game, including, let's see, they haven't played Marshall, but they did play Southern Miss and lost to them. They'll also play Southern Miss again on uh, on Thursday before coming to the Tech. So, yeah, this, God, I, I don't know. This is kind of scary how, how much we should just roll in this game. But I don't know. What do you, what do you guys It probably means we won't. Yeah, what... <sighs> What did we talk about last time? I mean, this this team's just bad, right? Like, how do we yeah. how do we even preview a game like this? I didn't go back and listen to what we said, but I did go back and look at our notes from last time that we talked, and we just kind of shit on how bad they are from at shooting the basketball. And honestly, not much has changed. It may have even gotten oh, worse. Oh my god, they're Hard so bad. <laughs> the fourth worst shooting team from three point land in Division One basketball, and the fifth worst shooting team from two. And division yeah. one basketball. So number three fifty five and number three fifty four. That's amazing. That's amazing. I, I don't I don't even know what to what, yeah. what to say. What also, else to say about that? They they just can't shoot the basketball. I can I also can't shoot the basketball. But right, <laughs> put us they out there. Can't shoot we'll, the basketball either. We won't be more than five spots lower than that. I guarantee you that. <laughs> I'll like double dribble three or four times before I get subbed out. <laughs> <laughs> um they're also defensively they're 349th so 10th worst at uh defending the three and 290th which is way better that's like you know Jesus 60th worst at um at defending the two so I, I can't wait for them to beat uab next week oh god that by, by i mean 50, that would happen by 50 <laughs> let's be realistic 60 thank you yeah I, last time the guys i picked as my player to watch was jacob germany and he actually had a good night last time we played 17 points scored, but it was the Jordan Ivy Curry show where he scored 22 in that last matchup. Yeah. And that game we won 79 to 63. It wasn't ever really close from what I recall, but, um, Oh, this is the game where Archibald put up 31 points. I forgot about that. Uh, my guy was six for six from three point 12 for 14 from the field. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, uh, and Lofton put up 12.16 rebounds. So I do love how Archibald's best shooting night of probably his tech career. He missed two free throws and went one for three. (laughs) Hey, you got to save him for the real points, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously you can't really expect a, a shooting night like that from Archibald again, but, um, they have some decent players. I think it's just that they just can't put anything together, you know, offensively outside of a guy making a few shots, you know. So it's it's tough to beat a good team like Tech when you when you do that. Um Tech had 7 turnovers in San Antonio, so cleaned it up a lot in that game 2 of that previous weekend. Um hopefully they can repeat that performance in Ruston, but yeah, what what about the computers, Nathan? Computers say that Tech has a pretty good chance of winning this oh, game. Who would have thought? Ken Palm gives Tech a 96% chance <laughs> to win the game. 82 to 62. That may be the highest percentage I've ever seen in conference. Like that. That's scary. Which Massey doesn't even like us, and they're giving us an 89% chance to win 78 to 65. So uh 
<laughs> Jesus. What do y'all might think? Be the first time, might be the first time we see... This is on the road, right? No, it's, it's at home. home. Oh, it's at home, yeah. Uh, might be the first time I've seen an opposing team come out and cry during warm-ups. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, oh, God. <laughs> Goes up for the alley-oop and just screams in agony. Uh, yeah, I mean, Tech's going to curb stomp these guys. Yeah, I just looked at their roster. They have a player named Alu Alu. Oh, which when I typed out. into to Google, it's apparently a South Asian term for potatoes. So oh, um, potato, I potato? Yeah, so I think we'll do pretty well against Potato Potato and Co. And we're take away by 15. No, we're, we're fucked. <laughs> teams named after vegetables are potent. Well, teams with players named after vegetables are even more potent. Yeah. Bob the tomato <laughs> comes out of nowhere. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, man. Well, maybe Alu Alu can help Larry find his hairbrush. Well, oh, now no. you have to leave all that stuff in. <laughs> yeah. Well, some of it, at least. Some of it will get moved to the code, I'm sure. Wait, did we predict? I don't think we predicted yet. Do it. Tech Just. wins by Larry the Cucumber. <laughs> uh, I got I got Tech by Junior the Asparagus, actually. if uh, I'm going to start calling Junior Asparagus. <laughs> uh, I've got Tech by 20 um if tech loses this game i will instruments vocals and all cover tasty cheeseburger by mr lunt from veggie tales okay um, i kind of want us to lose i'll i'll send in a dub for that too i'll i'll dub in some like didgeridoo can, or something <laughs> i can zoom you in we can okay all right yeah. under the post-production we God. sell it for sell it for 99 cents on gtpdd.com uh, dot dog backslash shop yeah, com. could not get that one yeah. yeah, screw you, uh, Golden Triangle Development District, you motherfuckers. Not even a good company. I've left you so many zero-star reviews. Yeah, so other sports. Yeah, there are other sports, including a lot of women's sports that all run down here real fast. Um, sticking with basketball for a second, the Lady Texters faced off with number 106 in Massey Charlotte at home. I believe they're the top team in Conference USA right now. They put up a good fight, but ultimately fell 59-56 to 56, um, at home against the 49ers. This week, they play the number 169 uh, UTEP and number 286 UTSA. It gives us a 39% chance to win on the road in El Paso and predicts a 65-61 to 61 loss and gives us a 76% chance um, in San Antonio with a 63-55 to 55 win. The next Lady Texters sport is bowling after that tournament a few weeks ago that we covered on the bonus episode the tech or tech is up to number five in the nation and they hosted the lady texter classic this past weekend in dallas which featured the number two four seven eight fifteen twenty one and twenty five teams and grambling state uh who's not ranked but they ended up going six and four in placement matches um against those teams I believe they won five games, uh, five matches against top 25 ranked opponents. Um, Then they took down SFA in the elimination bracket to set up a championship match with number seven, Arkansas State. Uh, Tech had a three to two lead in their best of seven Baker match, then lost game six by a single pin to set up a, uh, you know, winner take all game seven. Arkansas State unfortunately won that game seven. Uh, I believe like 214 to 190 or something like that. So pretty close, but Arkansas State ends up winning the tournament and Tech is the runner up. Of note, Tech now has six wins over top five ranked teams this year in 2022 so far. 
Um, and Allie, uh, geez, I should have figured out how to pronounce her last name, but Allie Leendecker was uh, named to the all tournament team again, which is the third time um, that's happened for her uh, so far this season. She also finished third in total pinfall in the in the tournament with a 207 average. So pretty good stuff from the bowling texters. And then you want to do softball, Nathan? Yeah, sure. Yeah, one more to go when it comes to the Texter Sports. Softball opened this week at the Best on the Bayou tournament at ULM. I believe that was hosting that one where they went four and one with victories over Moorhead State, Stephen F. Austin, Southern, and Mississippi Valley State University. With one loss to Sawui, Southern <laughs> Illinois University, Evanston. Evanston? Where the fuck would you get a W out of that? Evansville? Evanston? S I U E. C U E. Wait, S I U E? That's at uh, oh, Southern man. Illinois University. Yeah, Ed- Edwardsville. Edwardsville. There Edwardsville. Edwardsville. I live Edward. up here. They have, uh, a, they have a massive billboard in Kansas City for people to go to their school. Oh, well, they beat Tech, so. Fuck. Yeah, I guess you have to go there now. Uh, and also, this was the first series, first games for Tech's new softball coach, Josh Taylor, his first season with the Texters. This week, these number 125th ranked Louisiana Tech Lady Texters take on number 133 Northwestern State on Wednesday, number 158 Sam Houston State, and number 119 Tulsa on Saturday. And then play both of those teams again on Sunday, all of those games at home at the Lady Texters softball complex. Yeah, so if you're in Ruston, uh, go ahead and check out some some tech action at the at the uh, softball stadium, which is basically just like a slight or a smaller version of the new Love Shack. So it's a pretty cool looking stadium. Yeah, so that is a whirlwind of all of the action from the past week and upcoming week and all those sports. So now we're done, right, Nathan? Nothing else to talk about, huh? My eyes twitching a little bit because, <laughs> no, I've, I have some baseball to talk about. We just mentioned all the softball games that are happening this weekend. Uh, baseball is also at home this weekend because the baseball season starts this weekend. So you can just walk back and forth between the parks all weekend long yeah. and uh, get your fill of hitty sticks is what I call baseball and softball collectively. God, uh, I hate you. But yeah, for the season preview... Dumb motherfucker! Come on, <laughs> we have a, I have a totally different definition for hitty sticks. <laughs> if, if basketball uh, can be shooty hoops, baseball and softball can be hitty sticks. Uh, right. Anyway, <laughs> as much as I feel like I deserve an award for that joke, uh, let's talk about the preseason awards and rankings for this baseball team. Taylor Young was awarded the number eleven shortstop in the country by D one Baseball. And if that sounds a little wrong to you, that's because last year he did play second base, but now he's switching to shortstop at second base last year. He won Conference USA Player of the Year at that position, I believe, right? Yeah, Defensive Player of the Year last year overall, so like all, uh, out of all players. Um, and that's largely because he played 54 straight games uh, starting at second base and had no errors and then ended the season with only two errors um, all season and like a 99.6% fielder rate or something like that, something insane. Yeah, so it's it kind of interesting that he'd be swapping positions. Yeah, I think it has more to do with some of the guys who are losing to eligibility more than anything or the MLB draft and things like that. But it's worth noting that Taylor Young did play shortstop two years ago in 2019. I guess that's three years ago now. Well, COVID's yep. really kind of messed up my calendar. Uh, where he made 10 errors uh, at that position in 2019. Uh, but 
even though he had, was a better defensive second baseman than shortstop, that's also an additional year yeah. of playing college baseball and getting better at just infielder specific things in general. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he he's definitely gotten older, and <laughs> I mean, he was starting at uh, second base, I believe, in 2018 too as a freshman. So, I mean, he's been playing for a long time, and he uh, he's gotten better as the years have gone on. So, I see no reason to think that he won't have another stellar campaign, and um, that's being reflected by preseason awards. He's uh, collegiate baseball named him third team preseason All American at a position that he didn't even play last season. So, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, is that the only Bulldog to be awarded in these preseason awards? Jonathan Fincher, the pitcher, was Fincher. D1 Baseball's Fincher, the pitcher. We want a Fincher, not a belly itcher. Uh, D1 Baseball's third team preseason All American and Collegiate Baseball's second team preseason All American. Mm. Uh, I mean, really, my takeaway so far is Winnipeg's best hitters and Tech's best pitcher are both returning this year and being recognized for those bests that they deserve. Yeah, well, at least best defender i mean wells and bates are not returning unfortunately but uh yeah but uh, I mean, the, the pitching staff um and the defense should be very very good again this season and that's all kind of adding up to these preseason polls we're seeing tech ranked in some preseason polls and with college baseball there's about a million of them and who knows which ones to trust more than others but it's cool to see tech rank number 14 in college baseball nations preseason poll and then number 15 in uh i guess cb newspaper i don't know what that means but um college College baseball baseball newspaper maybe we were we were also right outside the top 25 in d1 baseball I, i believe he listed us as one of the kind of next five teams Things are looking good. I, let's get into talking about the team here because we do have some changes to go over. But, you know, who's who's back on this team first? Let's start there. Yeah, and we'll start with the, the batters as well. George Corona, Philip Matulia, and Steele Netterville, as well as Cole McConnell, will all be that returning. How, is that how he pronounces it? Matulia. No, it's how the the like in stadium announcer pronounces it though. Oh, that's how he women like Philip Matulia. That's what women <laughs> shout whenever they're okay. Anyway, the guy saw shirts that says Phil sexuals on them. So I don't think you're too far off base. Yeah. Uh, Evan, where are those guys going to be playing? Yeah. So even though we have um, some returning guys uh, in the batting lineup, some familiar names, they will be shifting around a little bit. Um, in the field corona of course is going to continue to be a catcher uh but matulia is going to go from right field to left field netterville is going to be back in right field probably um he ended last season as a dh but he's going to be back in the field probably and then uh cole mcconnell is expected to take over in center field for the all-american and one of tech's best players ever parker bates so uh it's gonna be gonna be interesting to see how those guys can gel in the outfield you know there's some familiar names mcconnell was in left last season but you know how's he gonna do in center um that'll be something to keep keep our eyes on defensively yeah but really it's the pitching that's returning that's what has everyone so optimistic about this season only four guys on the team started more than two games last year jonathan fincher like we talked about Jarrett wharf ryan jennings and Cade gibson all four are returning this year. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And, I mean, that means you pretty much get to keep your same starting rotation from last season, which is, I mean, even just in like a normal season, that would be pretty crazy and, and a good sign. But off of this team that, you know, w- hosted a regional 
it's especially exciting and that rotation's just for to refresh you that rotation's probably going to be uh Jonathan Fincher is going to be the Friday night guy he's your best pitcher he's he's an all-american right <laughs> he's the Friday night guy uh Ryan Jennings is going to be the Saturday starter and Jarrett Worf will probably start on Sundays again pretty much the same as last year except thankfully this season we're going back to three game series on the weekends instead of four so that means that you can put Gibson and Martinez and and those other two guys who are starter caliber guys you can put them in midweek games which is great because otherwise you have to kind of balance who you want to burn on the Wednesday game when you have a four game series coming up so thankfully that was a short-lived experiment by uh by Conference USA Meanwhile, we even returned some of the relievers we saw a lot of last year. Kyle Krigger, Greg Martinez, which I think you just mentioned as well. But even my boy, Landon Tompkins, will be back and pitching Your boy. out of the bullpen. My boy, who I hope healed his broken hand. Uh, those <laughs> three guys were the most heavily utilized relievers last year, including Greg Martinez, who got some spot starts. Uh, Krigger was also named the 49th best relief pitcher by D1 Baseball the other day. So, yeah, yeah even cool. our bullpens is is looking up uh, a few guys that i do want to mention that we probably won't recognize the names of because as magical as last year was we didn't have the entire roster memorized so guys who only played a little bit we may not recognize and then we also have some new additions that may make an immediate impact look at mcleod at third base uh played 20 games last year but one didn't put up great numbers and two he was playing as an infielder behind one of the best four-piece infielders in tech baseball history. Uh, he's a sophomore out of Sour Lake, Texas. Uh, even though his numbers weren't great last year, maybe some consistency in the starting lineup can kind of heat up his bat, and hopefully he can get going and make this good team even better. Yeah, and I, th- I think he's much more of a defensive specialist. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how just how good McLeod is in the field. You know, Can he justify his spot in the, in the batting lineup if he can't get that consistency going? Um, at the plate the other guy this guy's a new guy wade elliott he'll be playing second base he's a sophomore out of grayson junior college uh he was ranked by baseball america as the number two junior college player in all of america in 2020 wow last year he batted 340 (laughs) at grayson uh not a power hitter though kind of typical of a middle infielder guy who's more of a defensive guy but if he can get on base that often and drive in some runs yeah uh, this could be a huge guy yeah, 340 for tech that would uh, be pretty incredible yeah for sure i mean you don't have to be a power hitter uh if you're, if you're getting on base that often um we kind of saw that with taylor young um last year and so it'll be it'll be interesting to see who who leads off um in this lineup will taylor young stay in that one hole or, or will you put a guy like uh wade elliott who maybe just consistently gets on base but isn't gonna isn't gonna get you you know home runs and then one more guy to talk about, Walker Birchfield, junior transfer from Tulane, will probably be playing the designated hitter position at Tulane. He played 21 games, started 13, and averaged 263 at the plate, which is a lot lower than th- that 340 number. But these are different levels of competition as well. And also had six RBIs on the season. Yeah, and I think he went to junior college before that too. And I, I hadn't, yeah. I didn't look up those stats, but I'm sure that that he lit it up at that level. Yeah. you know, to transfer into Tulane and then um, now to Tech. But there were a couple other guys I wanted to mention just as potential uh, playing time. Uh, there's Thaxton Birch, um, which that's <laughs> a baseball player's name. 
Um, also, Slade Netterville, the younger brother of Steel Netterville. So those two guys wanted to play together. That's why Steel decided to come back rather than go to uh, med school this year, which he got into med school but postponed it. And then also Jeffrey Ince or Inky. I'm not sure how you say his name, but he's a transfer from Mississippi State who I'm not sure if they've decided his eligibility for this season yet. So, you know, maybe he won't see playing time. But if if he's eligible, I think he's a guy that might work his way into the rotation by the end of the season. Med school, huh? Yep. Yeah. He's, he's a smart guy. Uh, I believe it was at LSU, uh, the medical center in Shreveport. Yeah. Health Science Center, is that what it's called? Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't play against LSU Health Science Center Shreveport in baseball this year, mostly because they don't have a baseball team. But here's who we do play against. Out of conference, we have home weekend series against Wichita State, Tulane, and Houston Baptist. We have Ooh. an away weekend series against McNeese State. Or you, want, you want to talk about this first, or those for a second? Because getting Tulane uh, to come to Ruston for a weekend series feels pretty nice. Also, Houston Baptist is really good, aren't they? Or, or no, I'm thinking yeah. of Dallas Baptist. But they both had some success in recent years. They both made regionals uh, at least once in the last five years. Wow. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, the Massey ratings for, for each of these teams. Uh, Houston Baptist around 200, so not great, but, um, you, you know. what Texas, after we talked about them being a top 25 team, Massey gets yeah. Tech a 51 ranking. Yeah. <laughs> Massey just hates Louisiana Tech, basically, is what I'm getting at. <laughs> it's what we're, what we're learning this season. Um, but, yeah, anyway um, – I mean, those are those are three pretty good names for home weekend series out of conference. Yeah, and then only one away weekend series out of conference, and that's at McNeese State. The home midweek games are where things get really interesting. Ooh. First up, LSU. Yeah, LSU is coming to the Love Shack. Oh, game's already sold out. It's uh, yeah, it's even next... the premium seats are sold out. Yeah, it's next Wednesday, uh, the twenty third. So that'll be really exciting. We'll talk about that next week, I'm sure. But yeah, man, whew. And we also have Louisiana Lafayette coming to the Love Shack twice this year because we had to play them twice in Lafayette last year because of stadium construction issues. Also, Southeastern and Dallas Baptist, Northwestern State, uh, Arkansas Little Rock, and ULM are all coming to the Love Shack to play the Bulldogs. Yeah, I mean, that's it. God, our home slate is huge, especially in out-of-conference. These are all the out-of-conference games we play on the road. We have that series against McNeese. We also have a single game against Nichols, a single game against Southeastern at ULM at LSU end of list oh, at, at Northwestern end of list. Wow. We don't cool. leave a lot. I mean, the first week of the season, the first month, like the rest of February is pretty, pretty easy going when it comes to travel. Wichita State comes here. LSU comes here. Tulane comes here. And then it's March. Yeah. It's too bad. Wichita State. That game's not up here. I mean, the reason why it's down here. It's because yeah, hard to play baseball when there's a snowstorm headed your way, right? Prove it. <laughs> um, yeah, but nope. conference play is where I think things are. Uh, uh, I don't know if unfair is the right word, but home series. We got FIU, Rice, Middle Tennessee, FAU, and Western Kentucky. Okay, uh, Rice is good, right? I mean, Rice. Uh, no, not not so much. Rice but used to be good. Rice, they're, they're Rice right. has the name recognition. Yeah. Um, Away series, you play UTSA, you play Marshall, who we've struggled with. Okay, uh, so not not bad. Then you play the other three teams in Conference USA who made regionals last year, all on the road, Southern Miss, Old Dominion, and Charlotte. Um, none of those teams have to come to Ruston. We have to go play all of them on the road. So, 
Uh, thanks for that scheduling. Um, Judy. you know, yeah, it, it, I guess that's just how it worked out, but I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, just, I, I'm too lazy to check last year to see if we traveled to them, but we played home and away against Southern Miss. I know ODU played uh, yeah. in Ruston, but I think that was not a conference schedule. Right. You're right. Um, yeah. They had a two games on at the end of the year. That and I don't know about Charlotte. I don't remember playing them. Right. I don't see them on the schedule last I year. I don't think we played them until or no, we and we didn't play them in the tournament because they lost in two games. So yeah, it's it will be a tough stretch. And then um the baseball conference tournament will be in Ruston again, right? No. Ay ay ay. Fucking yeah. We're not we haven't even talked about that, but uh We probably won't. Uh yeah. <laughs> Take the General. tournament away from the fucking bastard Southern Miss. Yeah. Take it away from give it them. To, give it to UTSA. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> fuck the Sun Belt. You can all suck my ass. <laughs> While they're doing that, Evan, uh, do you have any? <laughs> <laughs> fuck the Sun Belt. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I just wanted to close out with some thoughts um, about the season, you know, concerns that we might have. And I'll go ahead and start here. I mean, we're replacing two All-Americans, right? We, we're replacing Parker Bates and um, Hunter Wells, two of our best hitters of all time. You know, they they broke program records last season. So obviously you can't really replace that level of production. Um, Prove it. I mean, I would love to be proven wrong, but... You'll see. You'll all see. I, I think what needs to happen, though, is Lane Burroughs needs to kind of change the approach. You know, we might not be as much of a power-hitting team, but you can, you know, you can steal more often. You can play small ball. You can be more aggressive on the base path um, to at least produce the same amount of wins as we did, especially as some of these new guys get settled in. But with that being said, I'm just really excited to see this momentum get carried forward. You know, the, the fan base is behind. The season tickets are sold out. Like, that's crazy. Wow. You know, I think there was a mad rush for student tickets a couple of days ago when they opened that up. Guys like Taylor Young, Steel Netterville, and Phil Matulia being back, uh, as well as the whole <laughs> pitching staff. I mean, that's insane. This is a stacked team um, that I think can really go places. Now, our schedule doesn't necessarily line up very well to where I think we get to host another regional, but I do think that we'll be back in the NCAA tournament this year and hopefully primed to, to make a run. Yeah, my biggest concern is something that wasn't an issue last year, and that's injuries. Mm. This team is stacked, but it's not as stacked as last year. And everything kind of went right when it came to the injury bug last year. Uh, we have Ryan Jennings, who in 2020, I think it was, was going to miss the entire year because of an injury as he was coming into the program, uh, came back and was fine all of last year. But we didn't have a starting pitcher go down. We didn't have a starting offensive player go down all year. Baseball is not a sport where players get as long-term injured for as, as often as other sports. But that's my biggest concern is I think this is a this team is built to get to the tournament and built to get to Omaha, but things have to go right. Still. We're seeing this with basketball right now. How good would it be to have Isaiah Crawford back right down the stretch? We, we are a couple injuries away from struggling to make the NCAA tournament. So I think that that's my biggest concern going into this year is injuries. Yeah, I could see that. Matt, do you have any thoughts or concerns uh, about this season? My biggest concern is uh, do I want a queen or king size bed for uh, my hotel in Omaha? Uh, that's about my only concern. All right. Let's fucking yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Can we just get a room for all of us where we all have race car beds? 
one giant race race car bed. <laughs> there we one go. One two scale NASCAR <laughs> race car bed. Do I really think they're gonna go to Omaha? No. I fucking know they're going to fucking Omaha. <laughs> Let's go. Get that non refundable hotel room. I'm on a hot wire right now, getting ready to book it. Do it. <clears throat> well, we awesome. were about to get sponsored by Kayak, but I guess not anymore. No. So I'm, I'm a hot wire guy. Yeah, I'll go tell our ad people. Let's do a really quick prediction. Do we think Tech makes an NCAA regional, wins the tournament, conference tournament, and then goes to Omaha? Those three things. So I, I'll start since I, I just gave you three things to try to predict very quickly. I think that Tech makes a regional. I think they win Conference USA, but I don't think they go to Omaha. Hmm. I'll say makes a regional, yes. Wins the turn- conference tournament, no. And Omaha, no. Matt, you've already said they're going to Omaha. Well, uh, this $300 deposit I put on this hotel room for four nights says that they're definitely going to be in Omaha. No refunds. What do I really think is going to happen? Tech wins Kusa. Tech goes to the regional. They won't make it to Omaha. I'd like. I'd love to be proven wrong. So prove me wrong, Tech. Okay. Uh, one last thing to do. Tweet of the week. Evan, I'm going to have you describe this tweet again because it's another movie I haven't seen. Oh, pi- you haven't seen Pirates of the Caribbean? I have not seen Pirates of the Caribbean. Neither oh. have I. What? I mean, this <laughs> one's not as upsetting to me, but... <laughs> no, I've I, I've seen them. <laughs> I've seen like so, parts of them at like automotive dealerships. Uh, <laughs> such a random. <laughs> I watched uh, the Jungle Book at a DMV once. What? Oh my god! Man, Disney coming in clutch for Nathan at local government or whatever <laughs> right. you want to call them automotive facilities. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, just, just random waiting rooms. Yeah. Uh, uh, our friends at the bird podcast made a, one of those videos where they superimpose logos on stuff. And mm-hmm. um, they, they have uh, it's, ah, I, it's the scene where two pirate ships, you know, surround the, the British guys, the, the East India trading company ship. And one of them is lo- uh, labeled with the sunbelt and all the, all the people, on it, you know, Jack Sparrow and, and all that are, are the teams leaving for the Sun Belt, and the other ship is labeled American. And actually, Jack Sparrow here is UTSA, so that makes sense because it's a UTSA fan. And then they all unleash cannon fire on the CUSA ship in the middle, <laughs> uh, which is labeled with uh, with Judy's face, which is funny, um, as the main uh, British guy. I don't remember his name because it's been Commodore, a while. Commodore. Uh, yeah, what's what is uh, that fuck's name? Commodore James Norrington. There you go, Commodore Norrington. Too many sounds. Uh, or like Borington. Yeah, for real. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, Tech is one of the faces, of course, and uh, Tech is seen bailing out of the ship as it gets shot down. So pretty, pretty funny tweet, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's good, and all the replies are annoying from Sunbelt fans. So you know, anyway. Fuck you, Sunbelt. Kiss my ass. Amen. Anyway. That about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or head to our blog at gtpdd.dog, which will soon no longer have Skip Holtz as the header image, something that I didn't even think about updating until just today uh, when we got called out about it on Twitter. Where uh, a couple new blog posts up in the past couple weeks, but more importantly, the baseball contest is up and now live 
This will work a little different than it has in previous weeks. Each week you still answer a contest and you still get points and you still try to score the most points to win a cool prize. But what makes it different is that the questions don't change week to week. So each week you can update your answers, but if you forget to do it one week, we'll just use your answers from the previous week. Therefore, meaning that you don't have to worry about it if you miss one and have to play catch up or drop below a score or other things. Eventually we'll find a way to make this work well. Uh, so yeah, that's gtpdd.dog slash contest. And while you're there, you can buy a shirt. gtpdd.dog slash shop. Get the February shirt of the month with a Lady of the Mist and also the words Lady of the Mist for $25 to $30, depending on your size, with free shipping. So yeah, gtpdd.dog slash shop. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And go tech. Please don't die. <laughs>